Hello and welcome to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur, strutting into a party to the White Stripes. Yes, sir. We are here with a very special declassified episode looking at the new CBS spy TV show, True Lies, which I think is a title I've heard before somewhere, Cam. Sounds a little familiar. Um, obviously, this is based on the 1994 Schwarzenegger film and also a project, just a True Lies TV show that's been in development for a long time and it's finally happened. Yes, indeed. I think even Mukji of Charlie's Angels fame was attached for quite a while. I think he's actually an exec producer on the show, but this is how we're going to run the declassified special this week. We're going to tell you all our thoughts about the show a little bit later on on the episode, but before we get to that, we have a very special guest joining us. We have Erica Hernandez, one of the leads of the show who plays Maria, one of the Omega Sector secret agents, joining us to tell us all about her time on the show. Can roll the interview. Joining us now on the show, one of the stars of the TV show we're looking at this week, True Lies. It is Miss Erica Hernandez. How are you, Erica? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, we're enjoying talking about True Lies this week. And I think the question I want to get us started off with is, have you ever seen the film? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I have, uh, but I hadn't when I auditioned ah. for this. Yeah, um, my parents, I grew up with a very bizarre and limited exposure to most American culture because my parents aren't American. So sure. I grew up watching like very specific things and it wasn't a lot of like mainstream pop culture. So I just missed the true lies thing completely. And then when I read the <laughs> script, I remember being like, this is so cool. Like what a great team. And I just, I was reading through the pilot. I was like, God, this is one of the best like pilots I've written this season, like, or read the season. I was like, this is so great. I was like, I can't believe they haven't made a show. Like, I can't believe they haven't done this before. And then it, I literally did not know that it was based off of a film. And when I got the part, um, people educated me on that fact and was like what and then I saw the movie and I was like oh okay like so it is a brilliant idea that existed but um but has still but it's still done so so new and fresh and and there's so much fun to be had with the tv show but it was very funny to realize that like oh it it has been done it's a movie <laughs> well there's been so much time since the film and and this yeah. tv version of it it's not like it's uh you know last year and you're making a tv no, show no. it's really it has kind of disappeared a little bit from that public consciousness so you guys are bringing it back a hundred percent yeah and it's not that i mean we're not just like it it's more the conceit of the show exists sort of in the or of the movie exists in the framework of the show but obviously it's you know it. Um, we liken it to sort of an homage to the film, but yeah, about 20 something years have, or more than that, right? 30 years, I guess, ish. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere between the two have passed since that came out. And so there's a lot of new and exciting stuff and just like new life to bring to it. And I think that like, it's a lot, it's one of those things that every time I mention it to people, like you said, people have almost forgotten it. And then when they hear about it they're like oh my god that movie and then they get really excited they're like i love that movie yeah yeah they should make a show about that so it's one of those things where it's like kind of reminding people about this thing that they loved um from from a while back did watching the movie change like your perception of like the material at all um no i would i would say not really i think um 
yeah, I think it, it made me appreciate that it was, I think it is like a really uh, well done sort of like inspired by Joe, you know, so that it, because there were obviously elements that, that change and then other things that they like that little Easter eggs that are still there for really diehard fans. But I think like my biggest tech takeaway from the pilot and one of the reasons I really loved it was it was like an action comedy, which um, you don't see just a whole lot of on TV, right? Because especially with like the amount of sort of explosions and crazy heists and things that are happening in something that involves spies, um, usually it's, it's more relegated to either like a drama or a comedy or or somewhere that is in between but doesn't have a ton of that action, right? And this really is the marriage of both those things. And I think when I saw the movie, it was just reinforced for me that that's what it was and like that we were about to have a lot of fun making this thing that I hope people also have a lot of fun watching because um, it is kind of different than what's out there right now. It definitely is. It definitely is. And, you know, speaking of spies, <laughs> I wanted to ask about sort of your casting a little bit and getting involved in the project. You said it was one of the best scripts you've read this sort of the pilot season as you were yeah. going into it. Like, were they keeping it a secret? Was it all spy work getting the job? <laughs> Great question. I'm kind of the worst person to ask that with because even if they weren't keeping it a secret, I'd just be like, well, I don't know, you know. <laughs> like, clearly most people probably would have seen True Lies and been like, I know what this is based off of, but um, <laughs> it was their target audience if they're trying to keep it a secret. Like, they I, they did well with me um, being involved. but. Uh, yeah, I think um I don't know, but I mean the the process was pretty standard in terms of, it was still during, you know, um sort of height of pandemic, so a lot of stuff was done remotely, which I think adds an air of secrecy to everything even though it's unintentional. It's just like you're talking to people over Zoom and half of the, you know, squares that you're auditioning for are like their videos off, so you're just like, okay, like this could be anybody. <laughs> but when you're auditioning that way, does it because auditions would be, I think, pretty tense. I've never done one myself, but I would imagine it'd be quite tense in the best of circumstances. You're actually auditioning right now. Um, I have a script that, yeah, that little do you know. <laughs> I've already not gotten it. It's okay. Uh, I, I accept that. But um, is it, does it feel kind of like more removed when you're auditioning through Zoom? Yeah, there's definitely, it is really bizarre because, I mean, when you go into the room in, you know, in, in person and you're there and you're talking to someone and sort of reading all of the gestures and all of the physical, you know, intimate cues that you get off of somebody on how to adjust things and, and just even being able to like shake someone's hand. I think the thing that's the most bizarre for me about Zoom auditions is that in-person auditions involve a waiting room and there's someone who tells you like you're up next or, you know, and, and then you go and there's, people that are contacting you at every step of the way um we're on zoom right now and you know like until you're on zoom but we're we're meeting whatever it is 2 30 or something so there's those like strange several minutes before your meeting that you're just like sitting in your desk chair or standing in front of a blank wall if you're an actor and auditioning for something that you're like i can't do anything but i'm just in my home like frozen in front of this computer waiting for like the right moment to click join and that part to me is so bizarre because it's like this weird moment of forced solitude <laughs> that happens every time that you're auditioning and it's happening right before you're about to see a whole bunch of people pop up but it's like it's such a strange thing to be like okay i'm just gonna i guess i'll just stand here for 
five minutes and look at my computer screen and is there anything I'm forgetting? And then you like drink too much water and it just, you know, if you're me, that'll be my nervous take is just like hydration. <laughs> I have two drinks next to me that might say two things about yeah, yeah, the anxiety go. there. Now, looking at the, the show a little bit, your character of Maria, what was what was pitched to you? Did the character evolve at all before you got to shoot the pilot? Anything like that? Yeah, well, uh, it did actually sort of the the sides, I think, that we originally read with were kind of flipped from what ended up happening just in terms of sort of personality type. It, it, I, I play a lot across um, a, char a character called Luther, played by Michael Gorman, um, and we have a very sort of like sibling or like old couple-ish bickering you know when you meet those like siblings that are always bickering or these people that you're like you've known each other for way too long and you're just constantly fighting over dumb stuff right like that that's our sort of sweet uh relationship um on the show and I think um sort of the elements that played into like that that relationship still very much exists that way but I think the way that it was written was almost flipped initially and then um they sort of played around a little bit with like our backstories and our personality traits and and found a different groove from the pilot on and uh, and it's fun to be a part of like a new show, right? Because there is a lot of collaborative process. They're obviously figuring out like what you are interested in doing or what skills you can bring or what little bits of your personality that they can work into it. Um, Mike and I both come from like a improv comedy background as well. So like letting us have rain occasionally to also play with that was really fun. So there's definitely a collaborative process. And I think over time we've seen my character um the badass that she is but also the layers that are underneath someone who presents so badass which is fun you know what are what are the moments that she's not such a badass and 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 that's been fun to play with too and one aspect i think is interesting is you said you caught up with the original movie um you know in, during the process before mm -hmm. uh you know getting before the camera but i'm curious you know you're playing a spy were you looking at any other things for research or for inspiration along the way? Yeah. So given my background that I mentioned where my parents were, uh, is, and at this point, it's not my parents' fault. I'm, I'm old enough that I could have got up, but I just, I think I grew up in a household that was so like, oh, we're not really paying attention to too many pop culture things that I just... Um, you know, I have certain shows that I watch, but I, I never really like caught up fully. And some of that occasionally is intentional because then I'm like, I just get to be surprised and like bring my own stuff to things that I do. But Mike actually is like a huge diehard spy movie fan. Like he loves all of it. And he was like, no, 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 no. We are like educating you. I have a list of movies that we're going to go through. Like you need to see. And it was, I mean, we ended up being quite busy with filming, but for a while I was like a literal, like Erica's education <laughs> happening. So I saw, um, I saw lethal weapon, the like movie from way back as well. Uh, I believe we watched a Bond film, I want to say, definitely Ocean's Eleven, um, or yeah, I had seen the one with women, but I hadn't seen any of the other ones, so right. <laughs> he was like, let's let's take you back to the original, 
So we, yeah, we went through several, um, I watched a lot of, this isn't quite a spy movie, but I watched a lot of uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, John Wick for just personally to sort of see like action stuff. Um, Cause a lot of like stunt coordinators were huge fans of that. And were like, this is really great to watch um, for those reasons. So I did do end up doing a little bit of, um, research somewhat forced upon me by my <laughs> co-star but it was really fun because it did it gen genuinely got me even more excited for something that I was already super stoked about because it is such a like also one of the cool things to discover and I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time but uh was how like the wide gamut of like spy types there are. You've got the heists, you've got the like people who are more about being in disguise and and sort of like the mental gymnastics of what they're doing. Then there's the people that are super physical and way more action oriented and like everything in between. And the fun thing about this show is that we can kind of play with all of those different like branching off spy genres and seeing some of those movies I was like oh there's so many places we can go with this like this is so exciting and so um yeah I've definitely started going down that rabbit hole well speaking of that we've we've seen the first four episodes we're not going to talk about any spoilers here or anything like that but just looking at sort of your moments so far obviously I imagine you've shot the whole season at this point what's some of your favorite moments you've been involved with without giving away spoilers maybe an action sequence or something like that you can tell us about yeah, well, uh, I definitely I got to do some of my own stunts in terms of fighting and that, you know, because you're not actually ever making physical contact with someone really if it's the sort of choreographed um, stunt fighting. There's something really exciting about the adrenaline rush you get while you're doing that because it's ultimately harmless, but you're like really putting your full self into that. And I, I remember that day coming away going like, wow that was cool like I just felt so like oh you know I felt like I'd run a marathon or something it was just really like a huge um endorphin high from like all these fake punches but um but being one of the tactical spies on the team my character does get to do quite a, a wide array of really fun adventurous things that you know the the kid inside me is like, this is so cool. <laughs> How much of a learning curve was it doing obviously all the weapons training, but also the physical stuff? Yeah. I mean, we joke about it a little bit because a lot of us coming into this show, in fact, most of us have comedy backgrounds. Um, and so like they get a whole bunch of comedians and then you're like, you guys know how to use firearms, right? And then Steve <laughs> actually does. He's very proficient. A couple of them do, but, but Mike and I were definitely like super new to all of that. And um, we learned, I mean, a couple of the things that we learned were sleight of hand. Um, I learned not only like about firearms, but specifically uh, had to learn how to take an assault rifle apart and put it back together. So I learned like all the, the sort of anatomy of the like body of a rifle, which was just like nothing I ever in a million years imagined that I would carry with me as part of my um you know bag of tricks but <laughs> but now it is and I think that's really exciting like it, in in terms of just like being a part of something where by proxy of the show being what it is and like and spies needing to go undercover in a variety of different ways and be really proficient in many different areas that like 
we're constantly going to be learning new skills to do this. And that to me is really exciting because I'm a student at heart. So like, I, I, I love that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, I'll learn anything. Like, let's do it. Well, you mentioned uh, your relationship with Michael Gorman's Luther on the show, which you know, we won't spoil any coming later on down the line. But like, it's 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 clearly like you two are paired together, and then you've got uh, Stephen Ginger sort of paired together most of the time. Mm-hmm. Apart from, oh, actually, I think first question would be, what was it like sort of building that rapport with Mike? Had you worked with him before? Did you did you know him before the project? I didn't know him before the project, but because we both came up in the comedy scene, I actually had quite a few friends in common with him. And I think when I booked the pilot and the news was out, some of those friends reached out and they're like, Mike, I love Mike, whatever. So then it was a very easy connection to make because I was like, you know, this person and we sort of connected immediately. And now he genuinely is one of my best buds. Like we, I mean, we end up because we have so many scenes together, having a very similar schedule, filming schedule. And when you're filming in cities that you're not from and you need a friend to hang out with, like that's, you know, um, it, it lends itself to growing a really great friendship, but I would say as a whole, the cast, um, gets along really well. Like we were very lucky in that regard. We're all incredibly different in the same way that all of our characters are incredibly different. It's it's also true in real life and somewhat marked ways from the from the characters themselves, but it's still like it lends itself to like a really fun and like um very I don't know, cohesive friendship. Like we're very, like we all function sort of as brothers and sisters and it's really nice to have that. That was something I really noticed watching the first four episodes is that sometimes when you watch the first episode and then you continue on, you see how characters start to click with the actors. Whereas it really felt pretty much from the beginning, you guys really were a pretty cohesive group. Yeah, I I would say that's a real big testament to like the the leaders of the show and you know Steve and Ginger have sort of the Papa Bear Mama Bear like just right off the bat making everyone feel really welcome and we had several instances where we all you know hung out and got to know each other really well shooting the pilot and it just it just worked like we're all so different but really respect each other's differences and sort of like are excited by them and I think that is to me has always been a really good um, indicator of like good friendships in my own life is like when we complement each other in a lot of different ways. And I think that's true for us both on and off screen in this show. Um, It just, it makes it easier for us to like play with each other on screen, but also off screen, we have a really good rapport and that is nice. (laughs) I I asked about uh, Mike, but I I want to sort of jump on. Is there another character in the show that maybe you get some time with later in the season or someone you'd like to spend more time with, you know, maybe in season two? Uh, Oh, great question. Um, I mean, we do, we have such a fun sort of Rolodex of guest stars on this show. And so there have been a lot of really fun people both as actors but as characters that have come and and guest starred on the show that um sometimes my character would have interactions with but a lot of times uh they might be interacting more with like a you know harry or helen um but i oh gosh i mean everyone is so different and so great i think if i if i could there are some guests I don't want to ruin anything though, but I'm like, there are some guest stars that I would love for them to come back. I think it would be really fun to like see how Maria interacts. I think 
and hopefully people will understand this more when they watch it, but there are certain um, guest stars that could probably provide a really good challenge to my character, right? She's pretty put together and, and, and is really good at her job, which also makes it really fun to see the moments that she is suddenly not. Um, so opportunities for that or like putting her up against people um, who maybe bring that out is exciting to me, but I, this isn't totally answering your question, but I will just like mention it anyway, because the people that we did get to work with and had some occasional um, screen time with were like uh, guest stars like Tom Arnold and Matt Lillard. And they're like both on and off screen, just like really fun, awesome people. And like their characters are really great in this show. And they were just like so fun and um, and gregarious, like really, I think I really enjoyed that. I would love to, you know, continue to to work with them. Maybe that's the way to answer circa back <laughs> no, no nice nicely done <laughs> nicely done I, I was i was getting... really took a lot of different side streets to get there but <laughs> it's all it's all good it's what we're here for but i i want to ask you know you've you've entered the spy world now we talk about spy movies all the time yeah. and you know, james bond has his martini george smiley has his cup of tea what is the signature drink for maria oh um... that's good <laughs> Well, if you talked to anyone on base camp, they'd probably be just be like, it's an oat milk latte. <laughs> but I'd like to think that I'm like, if we're talking, you know, uh, our, our nighttime mm. drink, for me, it's anything with mezcal. I'm a big mezcal girl. I love, I love a, I love a sweeter cocktail than most people do. I think a lot of like my cohorts are probably like less sweet the better and i'm like no let's put as much fruit juice and delightful like flavors in there as possible with mezcal and i'm good to go i'm an apple teeny man so i'm with you go yeah exactly like why not have fun if you're gonna have a cocktail have a go cocktail for it. why not you know? <laughs> one of the really genius casting decisions i thought was beverly d'angelo as the head of the agency, you know, Charlton Heston played that role in the original. I thought it was such a fun pivot to have Beverly D'Angelo. I would like to know about just shooting scenes with her. She's incredible to watch. She is such she she has such like a sort of even just her voice, like everything about her is like carries this sort of power and and gravitas, which is so great because she's also has this like impeccable comedic timing and it works so well for this role we all get to work with her in these sort of group scene capacities, right? Because she's sort of the, yeah, she's the head of the Omega sector and, um, and, and will give us our directives and things, but she does it with such a really fun balance of humor and, and seriousness. And it's so fun to watch her do because she's like, uh, also she's worked, you know, for decades and still is like so intent about like making sure that it's right and that we you know like and that's also really cool to see that it's like you're still here to like um give your your all your complete best and it really shows I mean it's really fun to play off of her because she can just throw away a line and it's like the, the comedic timing is just everything to have this like really powerful character who's just like you know, in charge of these 
badass spies who once they're around her you think they might be hooligans the way that she talks to them because she's just like well it's fun seeing her back because she was a blast too in the movie violent night recently so to yes. have her back in two things so close together has been very exciting yeah yeah and that movie is a great example of like her ability to just like flip them. i mean it's yeah she was great that and just sort of looking at your, we mentioned stunts a little bit, but you get quite involved with a lot of performances. Is there a favorite stunt that you've done so far? Yeah, I I mean, anything where you get to sort of like, I don't know, almost zip line in on something or like jump onto something. Like to me, all of that is so fun. It just felt like I was in an adult playground kind of. Um, but I, I think the most fun I had was the first time that I got to do sort of a fight sequence, just because there's so much choreography involved, but such an adrenaline rush from like going through all those moves and getting it right. It's like the same thing to me. It really did feel like kind of that that rush you get when you learn a dance or something and you get it right finally. And you're like, oh, my God, that was I did it like I did the steps right. And it had a very similar feeling but also was just such a like cathartic thing to just like be throwing unmet punches you know but um yeah I that was that's also just like I you know I did a lot of work uh intentionally to make sure that I was literally strong for this role like I wanted to you know feel the the strength of a woman that would have this kind of job and so it was really cool to also see the benefits of that and and the results of that and being able to do these things that like maybe I wouldn't have been able to do a year or two ago but now it's like a part of um of the whole spectacle and like it uh it feels really good to see that pay off too and feel it you know well you were talking about kind of the unexpected skill of taking apart an assault rifle yeah. and on the show we get to see your character assume you know going undercover playing different roles. Yeah. Is there any skill you'd like to maybe learn for an episode far off in the future? These are early days. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think it's just the, the, the kid in me that was such a fan of like pirates and pirate movies. I think it would be really cool to learn something along the lines of a sword fight or some sword oh, yeah. skills. Um, yeah. I think I would be really into that for sure. <laughs> like fencing style or like yeah or like I, swashbuckling i think well to me and i don't like fencing is very cool but it's so sort of formulaic and very like um confined to me like a very restricted sort of i it's more fun at least for me to watch this sort of like messy just like who's gonna win like are they actually professional sword fighters or is it just like a cool sort of sequence of people who are really fighting with everything they've got using some sort of baton or sword like thing or a sword um but then turn out to be quite skilled like that to me feels more fun just like how to so and I think like there's actually um there's probably a term for this I know that there's like the Shakespearean form is like rapier and then there's fencing and then there's something else and probably the something else is what I'm talking about something just the sort of messy like sword fighting that didn't he? Just a pirate. I just want to be a pirate, I guess. <laughs> There's plenty of swashbuckling spies out there, so I think it could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can hear the, the countdown ticking, so I have two final questions for you before we let you go, Erica. <laughs> Firstly, you know, people will be checking this out and watching the pilot, the first episode. What can people expect from the rest of the season from the show and from Maria? Well, I think 
and hope that people will just have a lot of fun. It's an action comedy, which means, you know, like in as a true homage to the original film, like I think it's just like there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of adventure. There's a lot of like sort of under the wire, like the the time is of the essence kind of thing. And just I think it feels very different to a lot of stuff on TV right now because of that, because it's combining and sort of a marriage of these two genres that don't always happen together on TV. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I hope that it will be a much needed escape and just like a really nice hour that people can, you know, I, it's, I would say as family friendly as like the the movie was maybe even more so but like that people can get together and watch and just like enjoy for an hour and really like just escape in something that is um ultimately just fun like i know i use the word fun like 1800 times (laughs) people need a bit of a fun escapism right now it's totally true yeah I really, I do think so. And I think this is, you know, like, and we're good spies. We're, you know, we're always very well-intentioned and and trying to um, uh, help people and save the world. And that's also nice to see, I think. Who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to do that? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and Maria, she's, she's cool. Like she's a, she's a female spy. That's pretty awesome. We we are often uh, annoyed by the lack of them in especially spy movies. So it's always good to see strong female-led <laughs> spy movies and spy TV shows and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, last question, and this has been asked to everyone who's ever been on this show. This is spy royalty, which you're joining that list now. Uh oh. <laughs> Erica Hernandez, and I know I know yeah. this is limited based on what you've told us before. But okay. what is your favorite spy movie of all time? Ooh. Um, Mary Poppins. Just um, <laughs> it's a different answer. I like that. <laughs> I mean, one could maybe argue that no. Um, um, I would say again, I just recently was starting to get educated in all this, so keeping that in mind, I do think that I I did thoroughly enjoy Ocean's Eleven. I have to give my props for showing me the or like broadening my uh foray into that franchise, but I like the heistiness of it like I like I like seeing a plan sort of formulate and not necessarily connecting because it it has a little bit of the element of mystery to me that is you throw a mystery in there and I'm hooked and so like I think the heistness of it is very intriguing to me I can hear people asking a question on Twitter now Uh is this the Dean Martin original one or is this the George Clooney remake in the noughties George Clooney one. This is, and I cried at the end, so I don't think that's normal for me. I don't. I don't think the Dean Martin one has the same effect either. <laughs> no. <laughs> then George Clooney goes to prison. Oh, I don't want to have my ruining. That I'm the only person. <laughs> that like if, if they're listening to your podcast, I'm going to assume they've seen Ocean's Eleven, and if they haven't, I then thanks for tuning in. But they, they, you know, he does a really romantic thing at the end and goes to jail, and it was just because that's so beautiful who knew it was a rom-com you know we can mark this down in history but when erica hernandez spoiled oceans 11 for someone uh, <laughs> yeah. perfect perfect the perfect way to, to... oceans 11 spoilers is what you'll call this episode i'm not i'm not gonna tag it they're gonna find out at the end of this interview 
<laughs> Erica, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. We've loved talking about True Lies and love talking to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. There you go, folks. That was our chat with Erica Hernandez. I want to thank Erica for taking the time to take us on a tour through her journey with True Lies. And if you want to check out True Lies, you can watch the series premiere on CBS March 1st at 9 Central or 10 Eastern. So make sure you check that out. Put that in your DVRs. Mm-hmm, definitely. And before we continue, I have a couple of quick thanks to send out. Firstly, thanks to the fine folks at CBS and Paramount for helping us put together this declassified episode, the interview, and sending us a screener of the first four episodes. It's allowed us to get this all together ahead of time to send out to you, the fine folks of the Spy Hearts universe. And also a quick thanks to a couple of friends of the show who also pointed us in the right direction for getting connected with CBS. Firstly, Mr. Chris Carr, the host of the Secrets and Spies podcast, and of course, a previous guest here on the show, and Mr. Matthew Chernov from the James Bond Radio. Thanks, gents. You've been a great help. But Cam, let's talk about True Lies for the second time, because we've already reviewed the film, but I do love a bit of True Lies. What did you think of the show? Well, like, as we said up front, True Lies is a property they've been looking to turn into a TV show for a long time. And I think there's genuinely a great concept there of having um, the Harry Tasker character introduce his wife into the world of Omega Sector, kind of as our audience POV. I think on the plus side, I think this show, what it benefits from is an episodic format. We got to watch four episodes in advance. Each of them felt fairly different to me. They had standalone stories that I could actually keep track of in my mind whereas a lot of uh you know tv now is just doled out in chunks so in that sense i think the show works it's very light it is a very light kind of zippy show i do think when you look at true lies the movie is so much about execution uh and james cameron is obviously bringing so much to that not just with like all of his visual design and effects work but working with arnold jamie lee curtis and i feel like the show hasn't quite clicked into its special spark yet and that's not necessarily uncommon for a new show but i feel like this show as i said it's fast-paced it's zippy but it hasn't quite kind of found its reason to be yet and i'm waiting for the storytellers to kind of find maybe some richer avenues for storytelling it's it's an interesting one for me because i agree with you i i think the concept of true lies and the sort of the nugget of the story, it really should be done on, on some sort of, you know, TV show where it does change locale every week. And, and that actually lends itself really well to sort of spy television. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good idea to bring it to TV. And I think it's about time they did it. I, I want to say it was very smart of them to expand the world of Omega Sector outside of the Taskers. You know, we just spoke to Erica, and I think her character of Marie and Michael Gorman's Luther sort of play like the secondary agents to the Tasker family. They were not; these are completely new characters to the to the to the sort of franchise, as it were. Adding them in, it's great. It gives them different people to bounce off of every week. Different dynamics can form within the group. We've only seen four episodes; so we've really not seen where they're going to go with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it isn't a serialized story, but it, I'm sure there will be elements throughout, much like uh, you know Helen's training is going on throughout the first few episodes and that sort of thing. I, I think that really works. I also think it's quite nice to just see a spy TV show that's more towards the action-orientated like world of James Bond, for instance. There's a lot of spy procedurals on TV. You think of something like Slow Horses on Apple TV+. 
great show. I've been really been enjoying watching it, but it doesn't have that much of the way of explosions. It's not particularly punchy. It, it hasn't got that action spy flair that I tend to drift towards when it comes to my spy media. I, I historically on this show have trouble with more of the frosty, chilly, you know, the spy who came from the cold, Lacare-esque stuff. I like to go for my popcorn bombastic storytelling, which I think this show delivers on. There's a lot of stunts in this. There's a lot of action. It doesn't really sit around and do character moments too much. It's more about propelling the story forward. And I think that all works for me. What I have trouble with with this show is I agree with you first. I don't think it's quite found its voice yet. But that happens when you are in the shadow of someone like James Cameron. Mm-hmm. The man casts a very long shadow alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. The man is a mountain of a man. And it, it's no easy task. You know, Steve Howey's taken up the role of, of Harry Tasker. Fair play to anyone who wants to step into those those size whatever shoe Arnold Schwarzenegger wears. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, that is a tough ask. And also, um, Ginger Gonzaga, who I saw recently in She-Hulk, is stepping in for the Jamie Lee role. And I think one thing that was kind of smart of this show is that in terms of kind of recreating the movie True Lies, it does a very loose version of that in the first episode. And there's some Easter eggs for fans. You know, you can look at the, the color scheme is very, you know, 1994 True Lies. There's some bits and pieces like where they dive through a glass window where you're like, oh, of course, that reminds me of the movie. There's a shot in the movie just like that or of the uh, Helen character doing a dance in her lingerie in like a bedroom like Jamie Lee did. So there's like little nods here and there, a helicopter sequence, but it doesn't get bogged down in it and it moves past it quickly. It really does feel when you watch episodes two through four, that what the show's doing is not continuing to riff on the 1994 movie. It uses that as a launch pad but it's very much its own energy. It does not really feel like the True Lies movie at all. It's much, much, as I said, like much more of like a, um, almost like a colorful, fast-paced kind of action show. Back in when I was younger, I used to watch um, something called The Action Pack, which was kind of like the syndicated series of action shows. They'd be things like Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, Time Tracks. I think there was one called like Viper about like cars that were basically kind of like a Knight Rider ripoff. I remember Viper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things like that. This kind of show feels to me something of a spirit with that kind of show. There's not a lot of uh, depth or substance, but it's just about kind of like checking with the characters and the actors you like and watching some action. And that's exactly in that pocket where... One of our t- favorite TV shows, Star Trek, sat for a very long time. It's basically just hanging out with our favorite characters on a space adventure uh, and dealing with moral ambiguities and stuff like that. I don't know if, if True Lies is going to be reaching for moral ambiguity so much, but that's fine. And I, I wrote down as a comparison, obviously you went for Viper. I wrote down the A-Team. Yeah, yeah. Very much like a group of heroes who are called to action every week in a different locale doing a different mission. And 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 this is the sort of thing, I mean, I don't think they're going for 24-episode seasons anymore, but this is the sort of show I would have expected in the 90s to have a 24-episode season and get a 10-season run because it has that sort of legs. It can just change that formula every week and mess around with its characters and put them in different situations. And introduce, you know, guest stars who kind of take over the episode in a way like uh, Erica mentioned it. You know, Matthew Lillard is in the season. 
and his episode really does kind of stand out just because he's giving kind of a goofy, quirky performance, as Matthew Lillard is known to do. So I think that kind of energy works. One thing I think they really need to work on, though, is the supporting cast. Because they're all game. So whether it's, you know, the Maria character, um, the Omar Benson's Gib character, these are all capable actors. But the show needs to, I think, give them a little bit more of a platform to shine because they're often kind of relegated to the back more than they should be. I really think this show could work even better if they really embrace their ensemble. I wouldn't be surprised, and I do agree with you, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of... Uh episode later in the season where you get maybe maria and luther as your primary characters and the taskers are left at the base doing a training simulation or or something like that or paperwork or or something silly and and they have to go and do the mission themselves perhaps with omar miller's gib that that would make sense to me and give them their platform it happens i don't want to mention star trek but a lot of these shows who have sort of primary and secondary characters will always get that time to shine i think of scrubs is a good example the first season is a lot of time spent with you know jd and turk but by season two and three you're having episodes with you know the lawyer ted and the chief of medicine kelso are the lead characters for the whole episode because they know it allows them to expand the scope of what they can tell the stories Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean it's a challenge also for the show in that it is the sort of jet-setting spy story and just given TV budgets, they're not jet setting. They're not going around the world. So it's trying to recreate, you know, international locations, obviously in California. I think it mostly did a good job of this. There's like a casino episode that I thought was kind of fun. I think that was probably my favorite of the first four that we got to watch. Um, but there was, I thought the uh, the episode four, where it was kind of the um, threat to cause war uh that one was a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, shot on like Southern California kind of vibe. Well, I, I can tell you, it was actually shot in Toronto. Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. That was all the location shooting. The uh, studio shooting was done in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, sorry to correct you, my friend. No, no. But um, I, I think, yeah, I, the one thing I, I want to sort of take aim at. You, you've mentioned a couple of things in terms of criticisms. I think they haven't quite focused in and narrowed down the chemistry between Helen and Harry. Yes, I agree. I I think they are on the right track. I think when you cast two heavyweights, uh one is literally a heavyweight in Arnold Schwarzenegger and the other one in acting heavyweight in Jamie Lee Curtis, you're probably going to get good chemistry very early on, especially with Jamie Lee Curtis. She's going to bring a lot to the role and they both did and they definitely had a camaraderie. I actually went back and watched True Lies again in preparation for watching the show just to help compare and contrast and it's hard to deny their chemistry but it does play more like a buddy cop between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold which I like that the show has actually pivoted away from a little bit and made the buddy cop more about Helen and Harry. One of the things that's really strong about you know the movie True Lies is just the chemistry between those two as you said and like it has like a really kind of sexy romantic comedy vibe that comes in at a certain point and fuels much of the energy that's something I think this show should really recognize and double down on because it's so effective in that movie and I think like these two actors you know Steve Howey and Ginger Gonzaga as uh, Harry and Helen in this show it hasn't quite I feel like cracked that yet i think they have they've done a decent job of setting them up as kind of parents of teenagers Mm -hmm. who are dealing just with very mundane household aspects of their lives whether it's 
you know, their daughter sneaking out or plumbing problems. That stuff I like, but to me, like, a lot of what True Lies, the movie, is it's about kind of this couple that have been married together for a long time, having kids, getting tired, kind of rediscovering kind of the excitement of their relationship. And I think the show, as we continue onwards, hopefully kind of explores that more and has a lot more fun with it. It's it's the Pina Colada song in a movie. There you have it. Uh, we should just end there. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, I do also want to mention, I think Omar Miller is actually down as one of my likes. His, his gib, sort of the man in the van, as Tom Arnold likes to remark himself, or, or Grant Hesloff sort of played that role too in, in True Lies. I think he does very good job with it. He's actually one of the more dynamic of the performances on the show. And whenever he was around, I was usually laughing or, or, or having a bit of fun. Yeah, and I actually really liked Beverly D'Angelo as the head of Omega Sector. I thought that was really smart casting. And as I mentioned in the interview, she just killed it in um, Violent Night uh, this past you know holiday season. And to see her again so quickly, just a total joy. And just a, a fun kind of left-of-center casting choice because... You look at Charlton Heston in the original, and I think a, a like kind of a, a lazier, uh, you know, creative team would just be like, who do we get that's like Charlton Heston? Like they would just do that again. And I like that they came up with someone who is fun but feels like a kind of a fresh, you know, addition versus just like a Heston kind of wannabe. No, and she, I think, well, yeah, Charlton Heston only gets about two or three scenes in the whole film. Yeah, uh, which which is probably all you're going to get out of Charlton Heston at that point. So I I think her performance is her, her casting is a good choice because she can actually be around for more, right? And provide more to the show. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe in later episodes or in a later season, she goes on a mission too. You wouldn't get that from Charlton Heston. No, very true, very true. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Calling all agents! Independent podcasting, much like the Spy Game requires considerable resources, whether it's research, equipment, hosting, or of course constructing a top secret volcano lair, we're putting out the call for your support. That's right, as you may know, we've activated the Spy Hearts Patreon, home of our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors and full film commentaries with more intel than a Basil Exposition briefing. Cam. What have we got in our crosshairs this month? We're wrapping up a month and wrapping up a franchise because we are going to take a look at the final Dirty Harry movie, The Deadpool. This one's going to be crazier than a runaway remote control car. And if that sounds delicious, then become a true spy hard today and join the circus at patreon.com slash spy But before this message self-destructs, Cam, resume the spy jinx. Well, I have a question for you, Scott. Of the four episodes, which ones did you think were the best? I quite like the pilot. I think the pilot was quite strong. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is sort of taking elements from True Lies, the movie. So that's probably why I'm leaning towards it. But the whole infiltration at the start is got a lot of the beats from the film, even like the laser cutting device that they use to get through the grate is sort of in the film as well. That, that's that's all quite fun to watch, uh, but you get to see it with a larger scope because you've got Maria and you've got uh, you know Luther there as sort of backup for Harry Tasker instead of just being Harry in in the original film. So they sort of expanded that. I really enjoyed that. And then the one with Matthew Lillard you mentioned earlier, I think it was uh, quirky, and I think this is playing to the show's strengths of having people come in and play with dynamics because he was able to examine 
all of the characters in a different light and shed light on those people because you learnt about people's quirks through him. I mean, we found out that uh, Michael Gorman's Luther may have a penchant for leather bags. You'll find out when you get to that episode. Right, yes. It's interesting, though, that you picked the first and the fourth, whereas I think I was a bigger fan of the second and third. Oh. Uh, Matthew Lillard aside, who I really enjoyed. I wasn't a huge fan of the pilot, actually. I actually preferred when we got to, like, episode two, and it was, like, the couples um, meeting each other's exes in the field. I thought that was actually a pretty fun concept for a show. And I think one of the issues is, like, True Lies has a very specific energy. Yep. And this TV show does not have the massive budget that movie does. It doesn't have, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Cameron. These are big aspects of the success of that movie. And so I think if they're not finding wrinkles to make the marriage interesting, this could wind up feeling really generic. Yeah. And I think the second episode did that quite well. It was just kind of like amusing and fun in a way that I think some episodes didn't quite match it on those levels. Um, and then I just thought episode three with them having to con the, uh, you know, the the very Le Chiffre-like uh, criminal in a casino and having to swap cover stories and things like that. That's the kind of playful stuff I enjoy from this show. Um, and also, you know, we had the interview with Erica Hernandez earlier as you know, who plays Maria on the show. And episode three was where she got the most to do. And so it felt like it was not only taking me to kind of a location that was fun, coming up with a concept that was fun, but was also utilizing its supporting cast the best of any of the uh, first four episodes. Which I think goes to show the potential scope that this show could have. Mm -hmm. Utilizing its other characters, putting them in a unique situation that you wouldn't necessarily get in a film because they can only do so much in a, in a screenplay for a film but this this is like that story of that episode almost felt like the next story that you would have had from the original film like the marital problems of them going through oh actually we're spies now like what what does that mean yeah what what does that entail and i i did like that too i, I think that probably would have been my next choice but i think i just really like the quirkiness of the fourth one yeah but that's just me but it also goes to show that the show can be for everyone because it's playing different to different strengths at different times I like that it has that flexibility. Well, this is an incredibly accessible show. Now, whether it's going to work for everyone, that's up to the viewer. Um, it's, as I said, like it is very light television. Uh, it's not asking very much of you. So it is totally just the like, you know, hangout kind of show. Sit down for 45 minutes or whatever, watch some spy action, and there you go. And so I think like they're very smart to make it episodic. And also in that third episode with the casino episode, kind of genre hopping. Erica mentioned, you know, she's a big fan of like Ocean's Eleven, the movie. And that's kind of like the Ocean's Eleven episode. And that's something I think they need to focus on in future episodes is like really switching up the vibe week to week. Because if you're telling kind of a consistent tone spy story, I don't know that episodic is necessarily the way to go if you're not going to kind of change up your genre. And, you know, kind of your character dynamics week to week. Which is, uh, you know, the opposite. The, the sort of more serialized version is what other spy shows are doing at the moment. You go back to Slow Horses. So I think, like, just to sort of wrap myself up, I, I think if you're looking for a, some spy content and to enjoy some spy stories that aren't necessarily deep, intricate webs of espionage, they're a little lighter and they have some explosions and some drama and some 
fun bits of spy work, I think this show might be for you. I suggest you check out the first episode and see what you think for yourself. As I mentioned before, you can catch the premiere episode on March 1st at 9 Central on CBS. Yeah, and I think if you're going to make a Bond comparison, uh, this isn't like the Craig films. This is like uh, Roger Moore energy. This, this series is very much like Roger Moore Bond spy energy. Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, you know what? Some of the light comedic aspects of the Brosnan era, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, there you go. That was our chat about True Lies. Let us know what you think of the show when you catch it on CBS. Let us know your thoughts. But Cam, the question goes to you, sir. What are we doing next week? Well, speaking of Bond, we are actually going to be jumping over to another Daniel Craig film, perhaps the biggest Daniel Craig film. We are going to talk about 2012's Skyfall. Yeah, I've been looking forward to tackling this one since we started our journey through the Daniel Craig James Bond films. We had a good time with the casino. We had an even better time with Quantum. I wonder where Skyfall will fall when it comes to the knock list. Well, wait and see. Well, there you go, folks. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to check out Skyfall and join us next week. If you like what you heard on this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And do not forget to follow us discreetly on social media at SpyHards. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But until next week, listeners, if you need us, you'll find us in the van. (laughs) 